0: Welcome to Skills for Life, a podcast about high-demand jobs that are shaping future opportunities. This show is brought to you by the North Shore Schools Foundation. I'm Kira Dorian, your host and a North Shore mom. Let's get started. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the Blair Musk Group and Coldwell Banker Bain Real Estate, serving clients on the East Side for over 20 years. Reach out to Blair today or visit him at blairmuskgroup.com. Well, today on the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tom LaRusso. He is a user research manager at Amazon in a pretty interesting and exciting slice of that industry. So, Tom, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to speak with you today.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the podcast.
0: Oh, thank you. I love hearing that. Tell me a little bit about what you do. Because, from what I understand, this is an exciting and very much job of the future role that you're in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a user researcher, which is a kind of applied research. Uh, And essentially, we work with teams that are building devices, customer experiences, really anything at all, to make sure that as they're building them, we are getting customer feedback and user feedback into how to build them, how they work, if they're easy for people to use, uh, and all the things that you would want customer feedback for as you're building and designing these experiences.
0: So there must be a massive psychological component to that research, I would assume.
1: Right. I studied psychology in in undergrad and in graduate school. And really the idea is you're bridging the gap between technology and people. So it's how people think, it's what they expect, it's how they behave, it's how they physically act, like their hand size or their vision. So it really is trying to understand people to make technology and experiences better for them.
0: Wow. And so do you do that with like focus groups or how are you gathering that information?
1: Right. It's, you know, the fun part about my job is that you're really trying to use science and sort of rigorous research methods to answer interesting questions. So we do do some focus groups, we do surveys, we do a lot of one-on-one interviews, and we just have a, a whole toolbox of research methods that we can use to say, okay, what's the question? Who are the right people to ask? How should we ask it? And then when we get that data, how should we analyze that data so that it is Useful and points us in the right direction.
0: Mm. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question that you didn't know I was going to ask, but I'm curious if you have like a favorite method. Is there a particular version of that, what you just described, that you're like, I really love it when we get to fill in the blank?
1: Oh, absolutely. So one on one interviews are always great, but what I've found to be even more fun is when you do one on two interviews. So if you bring in two people, let's say in a household, a married couple, siblings, Uh, And you're interviewing them about, let's say, how they use technology in their home or a smart speaker or something like that. Then you can almost kind of sit back because you watch these two people give their opinions, joke with each other, argue with each other. And a lot of times they can uh, call each other out like, oh, yeah, you say that, but you never use it. Or, yeah, you'd like to use it like this, but you've never gotten around to actually setting it up. Those can be a
0: lot Uh, of fun. That's so cool. I love hearing that. It's like a sneak peek into the inner workings of a household.
1: Exactly. That's what a lot of our work, especially in ambient devices, where people are putting more and more smart devices into their home. uh, We talk a lot about people, how they move throughout their home, how they move throughout their day. So it's really fun to get that insight. And then, of course, to try to build these experiences that help impact that, help them have a better day and have them be more productive or more entertained.
0: Yeah. Wow. I love that. So tell me a little bit about how, how you got here. What steps did you take to get to where you are today?
1: Right. So uh, I went to school uh, for psychology and I was very lucky to find a field called human factors and ergonomics, which is pretty niche. And I went to graduate school for that. uh, And it was definitely more niche at the time than it is now. And then got an internship for a company out here and was very lucky to then get a full time job working in technology and doing what I do today.
0: Wow. So how do you see this industry transforming over the next 5 to 10 years as our students come out into the workplace? Because this is really at its tipping point now, right? So what do you think it's going to look like over the next 5 to 10 years?
1: The industry is really interesting right now because there's just more and more data flowing about uh, what people are doing, uh, how they're behaving. Um, It's coming from apps. It's coming from devices. And more and more of these devices are ambient, right? So what we mean by ambient is they are there, they are there in the world, they're there in your room, they're there in your home, but you're not picking them up like a phone, you're not picking them up like a tablet or a laptop. Uh, you can be walking through an airport, you could be walking, you know, driving past a the streetlight. There's all these devices and there's data flowing around, but for a more qualitative researcher like me, that just means there is an amazing amount of research questions to try and answer, Right. What does this data mean? How are people using these devices? How can we take the next step? So I think there's just gonna be more and more emphasis on the human side of this, because I think in the last few years, all the emphasis has been on the rise of data and how much data can we capture about folks uh, and what can we do with this data? And I think we're all starting to realize that that's great, but it means more focus on the individual, not less.
0: Mm, that's so interesting. I really like hearing that, that, like, we focused on the technology, and now we have to remember this human piece, too, and, and how those things really need to come together. Tell me, if I'm a student and I'm interested in coming into this field, especially with the understanding that the focus might shift to the human side, what do you think I need to be developing in terms of a skill set? What are the paths that students can take if they want to go down the higher education path? You know, what kind of degree should they be looking at getting? If they don't want to go down that path, what are the options for students who maybe want to come in in a more entry-level position? Talk to me a little bit
1: about that. Sure. In our industry and in our discipline of of applied research, for the most part, getting an advanced degree, a master's or a PhD is kind of the baseline, is kind of entry level. Of course, it doesn't mean that's all the time. There are exceptions, but that that is the baseline. As you look at job openings and, and what people are hiring for, they're looking for that. That background, that you know, um, advanced degree is usually around... Something in understanding people could be psychology, anthropology. There's a big component of experimental design. So again, very often you are designing the research that you have to go do and then you're executing it. So really the core skill set is, can I think critically about a problem? Can I figure out which of these research methods to apply? Uh, And then can I go apply it and come up with interesting answers? Graduate school is a very good place for that. But if You know, at a true entry level, for someone who doesn't want to go to grad school, I would say focus on those kinds of skills Um, and especially, again, interacting with people, whether it's through a survey or an interview uh, or something like that.
0: So what can our students do right now if they're interested in this, they're still in high school, what do you think are some steps they can be taking now to develop that skill set to set themselves up for success even going into higher level education or after they graduate coming into the field itself?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I I spend a lot of, of my time talking to folks trying to get into the field or trying to get in the industry. I'm very jealous because when I was trying to get in the industry, there was literally a pamphlet that said, here are some graduate programs and you kind of had to send away for the booklet and and get it and look through it. Now there is a lot of information on LinkedIn and Twitter, places like Slack. There are just these amazing communities about user research, about human-computer interaction. So the first way I would say is, Go dive in, find some people you know, go look me up on Twitter, see the people I follow. Um, all of these people are publishing. Uh, there are open public forums that you can go to, these special interest group meetings that people have. So there's a lot that you can learn before you get to college, before you even think about a degree to see if you're interested in it. The other thing I would say is, take a look at some of your favorite products, your favorite video games. I spent about 10 years in video games. See who's building them and then see who they're hiring and see who is talking about those things on Twitter and LinkedIn and things like that. Because most of those companies, most of the products you use, most of the experience you love will have user researchers who will be openly you know, publicly talking about the kind of work they do. So there's just so much that you can get through networking and kind of reading what's already out there.
0: Mm, that is so fascinating. And so even at those young ages, they can be starting that process. And look, learning to network at a young age is just a brilliant thing anyway, right? <laughs> we all have to know how to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as you get a little bit older, or especially what I tell folks in, in college that may not be in grad school yet, is pretty much everybody you know is building something. Somebody's building an app or they're trying to make their own YouTube page or whatever. And it's very easy to just go say, Hey, let me go get some customer feedback on that. Whatever you're building whatever you want feedback on, let me go and see if I can talk to four or five people and see what they think. And that starts to get you in the mindset of how do I ask questions without a lot of bias? How do I take what three or four people say and turn it into a recommendation that we can then go act on? Uh, what are people's expectations? Things like that. It's, it's, you can just start doing it pretty much at any time.
0: So based on that, you know, what kind of person is best suited to this kind of job? It sounds like they need to be curious and unbiased. Are there other sort of qualities that you think a person needs to be able to bring to the table?
1: Yeah, that's the the fun of the industry right now is that actually, you can be a wide range of people and personalities. So there are some folks that I work with that are very focused on data, right? They love looking at spreadsheets of data all day. And that's extremely useful. I personally love interacting with people. Uh, I love the interviewing side more, um, and especially working with teams. So I like to say that I I build things, but I happen to use my skills as a researcher to build them. So it's very collaborative. It's very interactive. You're part of a development team or an engineering team as well. But one of the great things is there is room for everybody. So there's not a single person or a single personality type. What I would say is that most people I work with and most people I interact with are very strong on the empathy component. They want to understand what other people are thinking and feeling and how to make their lives better. So um, we very much in our discipline try to lead with empathy. So I think that is a big component of working in this field.
0: Mm, and what a what an important and beautiful component for us, just as human beings, to have. So, I think that's I think that's great. So, tell me what you love about your job. What's your favorite favorite thing, or something that you know gives you the most satisfaction?
1: Yeah, well, as someone who works in consumer products, I love the fact that people I know in my neighborhood, people I know throughout the country and the world, are using the devices and the experiences that I've helped build. That we can have a decision on a Monday, and the next Monday out this feature or this change or this fix or something we helped improve is out there. And there are thousands or millions of people using it. Uh, That's always been fun for me. That's why I love staying in that consumer space where, you know, those devices are out there being used by the general public.
0: I love that. All right. Final thoughts, advice you would give your 18-year-old self, anything you want our students to know that you think would help them moving forward?
1: Yes. I mean, the best advice I ever got when I was even younger than that was from my dad who said, well, you know, don't worry about being one thing when you grow up, like a firefighter or an astronaut. Really, you want to find a couple things that you're good at and put them together. So I found computers at an early age, thanks to my dad. And then I found psychology in high school and college. And putting those two things together is really why I have a career right now. So think about that for yourself. Think about the three or four things you really love and then look for career paths and things you can do to combine those.
0: Mm, I love that. I know that I have a friend who never asks her kids what they want to be when they grow up. She asks them who they want to be when they grow up.
1: And that, I think that's... I totally I love that as well. That is what I tell people, even our career conversations of like, okay, it's hard to think about what you want to be in five years, but go find somebody who's been around five years longer than you and see if you like the path they've taken and what you like about it. Those can really create really fun conversations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tom, thank you so much for being with me today and just bringing all of this cool information to the table. I think it's such an interesting field and just what a fun and engaging thing it is that you do.
1: Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: We hope you'll join us again, and remember to hit subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes. Join the conversation on our Facebook page, Build Skills for Life. That's Build Skills, the number four, and then the word life. Are you interested in advertising as a sponsor for this podcast? Contact us at podcast at nsdfoundation.org. To learn more about the North Shore Schools Foundation, visit us at SchoolsFoundation.org. Thanks for listening.